Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking. Live. Hosted by Alan Smith. A 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. Hi everyone and welcome to Truth About Trucking Live. This is Alan Smith and today is uh, Sunday, August 16th, 2009. And uh, we're back on our part two of our uh, organic gardening, green truckers episode of what, what do truckers do when they're not trucking. And uh, with us again is Barry Sipsky, the green guru, who uh, when he's not driving, uh, is dealing with organic gardening and uh, energy issues, just so many things we're going to be talking about uh, from his his website that he hosts, uh, greenfreedomonline.com. And we had a show a couple weeks ago, and uh, it was only about an hour long and just couldn't fit everything in. So we're here for 90 minutes today to uh, talk about what greenfreedomonline.com is all about and what Barry's all about and what he does when he's not trucking. Um so Barry, I see you there. How how are you doing today? I'm I'm doing excellent, Alan. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Hanging in there, boy. We just we, we just barely got online just in time, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> a little little communications problem, but they, uh, God, God bless the internet, or we wouldn't be on the air at all, you know. So <laughs> hey, I had something. I had a thought while you were talking earlier uh, about what truckers do on their day off, and I just wanted to throw this out there. I do whatever my wife tells me on my day off. Okay. Well, yeah, we're all in that boat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm a, you know, but uh, usually if I'm out there uh, generating some food or, or, or uh, having a good attitude, and you know what, if you get out there and you do something you enjoy, uh, you know, you end up uh, having a better attitude, you know, as opposed to sitting in front of the television and looking and watching the news and saying, oh, my God, the sky is falling, the planet's going to end, and global warming's melting in the North Pole and polar bears are dying and we're sucking in carbon monoxide. Instead of doing all that, you could be out there just staring at an eggplant that you got growing, you know? Well, yeah, you know, it's like I said on the last show, we had, um, uh, you know, that trucking, especially OTR trucking, can just take over your life if you let it. So, um, And it did mine for years and years and then uh, kind of came along here with you and and uh, you kind of got me going back into this gardening thing. I, I grew up with gardening, but I'd never really done it myself. But it's a really a good way to pass the time, enjoy your days off. And um, gardening just happens to be your thing. Uh, the point is that just people can find something when they're not driving, you know, to kind of relax and uh, 
get away from that trucking for a little bit. But let's go back real quick on uh, from our last show because, uh, like I said, it was only an hour and we just ran out of time so fast. But uh, one thing, your uh, your website greenfreedomonline.com, it 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 isn't going to be just all about gardening, right? You, I mean, there's going to be energy issues. Just uh, fill us in a little bit about that real quick again. It, it's going to include energy. I haven't gotten the energy pages up, but the focus is, uh, you know, uh, self, uh, sustainable living, and uh, some people call it permaculture. You know, that would be where you generate as much of your own food and uh, energy as you possibly can. And in the process, uh, uh, something that I do a lot, and, and one of the reasons we're going to be talking about how to make your own uh, compost or free fertilizer today is because what a lot of permaculture is about is about taking things that would be piled in the landfill, things that would be drug out to the trash, and reusing them. It's the ultimate recycling, you know. So, uh, And also what it's all about is health. And if someone does the superfoods gardening method, they're going to, you know, you'll see the difference. I, I, I'll put it that way. You know, it takes time, but getting everything your body needs is really important. And if you can stay out of the doctors and, uh, you know, just have a better life, that's really my goal, just to help people to have a better life if they choose, you know. Well, that's what you've done with me because um, you've got me uh, going with my gardening out here and uh, you were able to come over here today and, and do the show. Uh, and all I'm doing is I'm just following your instructions from your website on that uh, page um how to how to make your uh, yard a, a produce market, and I've already grown the tomatoes. Fixed. Now we're about to put beef steaks and onions in. But uh, you got to see my uh, eggplants up up close. What do you think about those? Uh, amazing, amazing. <laughs> I, I had no idea, you know. Alan, I haven't been talking to you, and I knew that they were planted. I thought on, on my way over here today, and I'm out on Alan's back porch. I can see the eggplants, and just a beautiful sight out at back window. There's a golf course. It's just real pretty. But I thought, geez, I wonder if they died, you know. I didn't know if, <laughs> if, if what was going on. You know, well, another thing you know, said, what was my goal? My goal was to put on one page or two pages everything someone would need to know to put them into at least a third year of gardening it, it, or maybe fur because if you do, I, I couldn't find it. I was all over the Internet, read all kind of books, and I just couldn't find one place where one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, this is what you do. So that that was what started out. That's why the gardening part's up there, because that was the first thing that I thought about doing. So I wanted to get that up first before it got too cold to plant anything for a lot of people. So. Yeah, well, that's that's what was so difficult about this, because, uh, I mean, there's <clears throat> gardening is such a big thing, and uh, come and I'm realizing that really there's a lot of a lot of truckers. I mean, we know several just around here who are into gardening and everything, but especially here in Florida. When uh, all we have is sand, uh, like I said on the last show, you've made it so easy. You just you just have it listed there. Do this, do this, do this. And uh, even though my yard is just nothing but sand, man, I've got some amazing things out there growing. Yeah, we put everything in it needed, and what what we added was exactly what's uh, what's up on the site. And it doesn't matter even if you do have good topsoil; it'll just make it 
excellent topsoil, world-class topsoil. If you have sand, you can turn that sandbox. And, and, and I don't, the only thing that mineral that I'm aware of that exists in your backyard is iron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and it does, it, it, but other than that, I've never in my life seen anything like it. You know, I guess because, you know, you're closer to the Gulf of Mexico and the ocean must have been in your backyard at some point in history because I've never yeah. seen nothing like it, you know. And, yeah. Uh, I had some doubts. I thought, well, if what I'm teaching works, then, you know, it's going to work here, you know, if it can work here, it'll work anywhere, but anybody, you know, regardless of how good their soil is, this will make it better, and it'll also guarantee that it has all the minerals that the plant wants and the human body wants, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, it's um, seeing it with your own eyes out here in my own backyard, and all I've done is just, I've just done exactly what you've said to do, so we're, um, so where do you want to take us today? Well, what I was thinking about doing is, uh, actually, I wasn't going to, what happened in the last show is I just, uh, you know, 60 minutes, I thought, well, I can jam it in, but I wasn't able to jam it in, you know, and I thought, well, you know, it's September, or not September, rather, August the 19th, people aren't thinking about gardening, it's a, it's, it's a trucking show, right, so here we are, uh, you know, at the end of August, doing a gardening show at a time of year when people aren't necessarily thinking about gardening, and, and, and an over-the-road trucker audience, you know. Yeah. But, you know, over-the-road truckers do get home. Uh, friends of mine are home Saturdays and Sundays. Friends of mine are home every couple weeks, three weeks. A lot of them have uh, loved ones that could water the garden for them, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it actually is. There's way more interest than I thought. I didn't think any, no truckers are going to be interested in a topic like this, but everybody I talked to is like, well, how do you do it, how do you do it, how do you yeah, do it? Yeah, I know. So one of, the, one of the reasons I put up the webpage is that it was easier than, going, than, than sending 400 emails, you know, but everybody I talked to is, has some interest in it. And I think part of it is, a, you know, just because of the circumstances in the country right now, you know, I think that people recognize that, you know, the currency, you know, we, we're dumping trillions of dollars, uh, in, into the nation and that we're borrowing, you know, ultimately the currency has to devalue. It's just there's no way around it, and, and things are going to cost more. You know, it might not have happened so far because the economy has slowed down so much and demand has dropped. But, I mean, ultimately there's some great financial reasons why uh, someone would, would also want to pursue this. But what I thought about was, geez, I don't have to do the compost thing until March. This is funny. Well, in where I live in, in Central Florida, March 1st, all the leaves fall off the tree at once. I mean, one day there's no leaves, the next day they're a foot deep. And I'm thinking, well, I don't have to do anything about that compost thing until March because that's when people are going to have material to put it in. And I realized, geez, if you live in Syracuse, New York, the, the leaves are going to start falling in a month. You know, I need to get – so that's part of the reason I want to do the show today. Yeah. Um, the thing I love about compost is it's, uh, you can make it for free. And uh, it's one of the world's best plant foods. And it'll take hideous sand like you got in your backyard and turn it into first-class topsoil. It'll also take sticky, nasty clay, and it'll also have have the effect of turning it into uh, topsoil. So it's really good just from a, for the physical properties, you know. Yeah. Also, it's generally, and it, it depends on the source. It depends on what you put in the bin, the specifics of what it contains. But it's generally got all the minerals that were in the leaves or that were in the uh, whatever you used. So it, it's also, uh, for the most part, if you get enough of it in there, you know, you don't have any fertilizer costs, you know. Right. And also because it has all the minerals and vitamins already in it, you, you're getting, you know, something that's really good to be feeding your kids. So uh, anyway, I decided uh, to go ahead and uh, 
do the compost thing first. And uh, I got on there, it's the, the compost page, okay? Mm-hmm. And the easiest way that I found, okay, well, let's be back stuff. The first compost bin I ever made, I took a roll of four-foot wire and constructed a bin exactly like the picture is up on the website. Got four poles, put them in. I knew a little bit how to make a bin. And I took these leaves. They were bone dry. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about the science. You know, All I knew is you put leaves, and that's going to turn into compost. So I piled them in there dry. This is March of uh, you know whatever year. And March the next year, what I had was a bin of dried leaves. I mean, what happens is the top layer of leaves acts like an umbrella and prevents the water from sinking down in. Also, the only thing I had in the bin was... Uh, carbon. I didn't have all the other required things in there, so nothing. I just didn't rot, you know. And then I thought, damn, Florida leaves don't rot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, well, sometimes having zero knowledge is a good place to start from because if you know you don't know anything, then you know you got to learn everything, and then you, you ultimately you do, you know. Mm-hmm. So what's actually required for the composting uh, process is four things: carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, or five things rather: carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, water, and microorganisms. Uh, that sounds kind of like scientific, but it's not, you know, but that is what's required. So the first thing to do is build a bin. You just get four posts, and there's pictures up there w- with tabs on them. You can buy them at any uh, gardening or, you know, I don't want to say Home Depot, but that type of store. Yeah. Uh, you pound them in the ground. You know, uh, the, the one in the picture is a six-by-six by four bin, you know, obviously you could use three-foot wire and you can make three-foot sides, you know, but just figure out how big you want it and measure it out, put the post in the ground, and then cut the wire maybe six inches longer than what you need. The reason for that is is when you close the front, you want to have a piece of wire extra so that you can uh, secure it to the side and close it. Okay, first, so for now, you, you attach the wire to the three sides, to the tabs that are on the poles, and you got the front open. Well, one of the requirements of compost is oxygen. And in the traditional bins, what happens is they don't get enough oxygen and they smell, okay, and they decompose slowly. You can make uh, that, that batch of compost that's in the picture down at the bottom of that page, uh, I'm going to say 90 days or less. And that stuff, uh, actually, I brought, I brought that bin over, Alan. You've seen how it looks. Yeah. So what you're looking at is 90 days from, from leaves and, and whatever I could get my hands on to to just first class stuff that probably represents about an eight dollar bag of compost right there wow. and, and i get many dozens of those a year so it's, it's even a financial thing in addition to being way better than you know having to use the commercial fertilizers and all so what you need to do is have some form of aeration for the bottom of the pile so there's two ways to do this you can get a skid preferably a skid a pallet with the boards closer together, you, you know, I know you've seen a million pallets. The ones that are almost touching, yeah, that'd be the best one if you're going to use a pallet. Just get a drill and drill holes in it. If you use a pallet with the boards further apart, the stuff's going to fall through and it isn't going to allow the oxygen up. So if you don't have a pallet handy, just get brush. Just any kind of brush and put a layer of brush on the bottom. What that'll do is hold the uh, composting materials off the ground and allow oxygen to come up from underneath. So, right. uh, okay. Okay, so so where we're at so far is we got us a bin, and the front of it's open, and you put the brush in, and the, and the reason for that is that you want to allow the oxygen to come up from underneath. Okay, the third thing uh, is uh, microorganisms. Okay, there's two ways to get the microorganisms. What the microorganisms do is they eat the carbon, and, 
uh, that's in the leaves or whatever you're using. And through, through processes, they use the carbon and nitrogen oxide, but basically they eat the leaves and, and, and they, they leave the compost. So these microorganisms you can buy for probably $5 a bag. You can buy compost starter in the garden center. You'll see it there. It'll say compost starter on the bag. The alternative is free. I like free, you know what I mean? Right. And I'm always saying that, but it's really, it's really cool because, you know, every dollar that you don't spend on the garden, you know, is another dollar that you can use for something else, you know, to pay your electric bill, to go to Disney World, whatever it is. So every every little dollar adds up. So rather than doing that, there's a little patch of woods next to my house. What I did was I raked the top layer of leaves, and what I found beneath is this black, crumbly-looking soil. Well, that's your compost starter. That's your microorganisms. You take a hoe and a five-gallon bucket, and you just fill it to the top with that, and, you, and it's free compost starter. It already contains, because what happens in the forest is the leaves fall, and you notice they're not six foot deep like you would expect. And the right. reason is, is, there's, is Mother Nature's compost pile is always on, is always working, you know? Right. So you take that compost starter, and you, you start to fill your bin up. And in the example, I have, uh, I use grass and I use leaves. The reason is that that's what was available. And I'm going to give a pile of alternatives to that, but just for the sake of uh, explaining the process, I'll stick with the uh, grass and the leaves. And what you're looking to do is have brown, which is leaves, which are carbon, and green, which is the uh, uh, grass, which is nitrogen. So you take and you, you start piling in leaves, and what the best thing to do is have, if you're putting the leaves in it in volume, is have a hose misting. You know, you kind of attach it to the corner of the bin. If you look at that one shot, you'll you'll see the hose. I, I should have put like a red arrow or something. Have yeah. the thing misting. Yeah, because it's critical. It's critical. You don't necessarily want to drown it, but it has to be damp. But water is definitely part of the composting process. So you mix leaves and grass. You just get a rake and the mister is missing down. You leaves and grass, uh, brown and green, carbon and nitrogen, right? You mix it up. And then you get some of this compost starter, and you sprinkle that in there. That's your microorganisms. If you have some dirt handy, it helps, you know. Just uh, sprinkle some dirt, a couple shovelfuls of dirt as you go along, and just keep layer by layer, green, brown, mix it up, compost starter, water, you know. And you just keep going along until you get to the top of the bin. If you don't have, and here's what's going to happen to people up north that are listening to this show, the leaves are going to fall October 1st, November 1st. are going to come off by the ton, and they're not going to have grass clippings. Uh, I know that, you know. Mm-hmm. But you're still going to want the nitrogen. So there's two ways to proceed with that. It's just use the leaves straight up and making sure that they're damp. Keep raking around and make sure that they're damp. And then just throw a couple shovelfuls of dirt in there and mix the dirt in with the leaves as you go. And then there's two alternatives. If you want to go 100% organic, the best thing you need to use is blood meal. Okay, that's an organic stuff. You can get it at, at heck, any garden center. Blood meal is about 15% nitrogen, and nitrogen is what the microorganism is looking for. So you just take a cup of blood meal every so often and mix that in if you want to go 100% organic. If you don't care one way or another uh, about organic, get lawn fertilizer. That's the best thing you use. Lawn fertilizer is generally 22 20% nitrogen. Just sprinkle a cup of that in as you go along. So... And when you get to the top of the pile, okay, so you just keep filling the bin. When it gets to a point where the stuff's falling out the front, just take that fourth side of fencing and secure it, you know. But with, with the front open, it's way easier to, to load the thing, you know. Yeah. Okay, so what we got in the bin right now is we have, the uh, out of the five things that I mentioned, with, we have the water, we have the nitrogen, 
we, and we have the carbon, and we have the microorganisms. They're already in your bin. So now just envision you're all the way to the top of this bin. Mm-hmm. And you close it off. You make sure it's damp enough, but, but like I say, not soggy. At that point, you, you want to tarp it. And I'll tell you why. If it rains too much and really drowns the pile, you know, it can, it can drown the microorganisms, you know. Okay. And a lot of these stories you hear about compost smelling, you know, are, are because of a couple, you know, because it either got too much water in it, it's not getting enough oxygen, you're smelling methane, you know. I mean, it's going to make that anyway. But I can tell you that the pile I got, uh, it just doesn't smell because, you know, it's getting everything it needs. So I know there's some concerns out there about people like, oh, my God, I don't want to smell that thing when I'm out barbecuing. You, you don't have to. If the pile gets everything it needs, it, it'll have maybe like an earthy kind of smell, if anything, and that's only if you're up close. So, it, yeah. Uh, and the grass clippings, if you're using them when you're adding them in, like I say, you got to mix them up because they'll mat down, so you really want to mix it up real good. So when you get to the top, put a tarp on it. A couple weeks later, and, and about every two weeks. Now, if you want the stuff in a hurry, you'd be wanting to aerate every two weeks. And <clears throat> what I did... When I finally figured out, okay, my first bin was just a pile of dry leaves. When I figured out what I'd done wrong, I, I built the pile correctly, and then it came to the part. I got six by six by four, I mean, I don't know, eight cubic yards, right, or whatever that is, you know, six cubic yards. I can't think off the top of my head. And it's time to flip it, and, and the instructions that I was reading were flip it every two weeks. Well, well, man, that's a couple tons of stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I killed myself. I, Alan, I drug that out onto the lawn, and I threw it back in. And, and all, the only thing I succeeded in doing, it was a good thing, and, and if, you have, if you're ambitious, there's nothing wrong with, with turning it or, or, or you know, because uh, it, it will get the stuff from the fringes on the sides and the top. It will get them mixed into the middle. It will compost a little better. But primarily what that accomplishes is it allows oxygen into the pile. Okay? So uh, in, two, in two weeks, you've got, you got a drag that whole pile out again and just break your bag again and sweat because the oxygen is depleted and the composting process is going to slow or stop altogether. So what I figured out is, like, if I get oxygen into this pile without killing myself, it's a good thing. So I was in this store. I saw these bulb planting auger. Okay, that's generally what they're called. You can use them for a variety of purposes. It's about 20, oh, gosh, I'm going to say 20 inches long. It's just a big drill-looking thing and you put it on the end of your drill. So if you get one of these augers, what you do is every two weeks you untarp it, uh, make sure that you know that it's moist enough. If it needs a little water, go ahead and or actually drill first. You don't want to be squirting a hose and electric appliance in your hand. And just every three, four inches across the top of the pile, it takes five minutes, just boom, just sink that thing all the way up to the, to the drill. You know, boom, boom, boom. You know, put these two 20-inch uh, holes in the top of the pile. And what that'll do is allow oxygen into the pile. And when you're doing it, you're going to see steam coming out, okay, because the kind of pile I'm talking about, because it has everything it needs, you're, you're pushing temperatures up to 160 degrees, believe it or not. So, wow. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing, but, it, you know. Well, and, and they, they can see this by going to greenfreedomonline.com and clicking on where it says how to make your own compost, right? Yes, yes. If you go to my homepage and you look on the right, and uh, you'll see a little smiley tomato graphic that I made. That actually, 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 I made that graphic as a joke uh, a while back for Alan. You know, I was messing with him. It's a pretty cool graphic. Uh, <laughs> but right beneath the tomato graphic, there's a house with tomato plants uh, bigger than the house, and there's a little smiley tomato in the front. It's kind of gotten to be my logo a little bit. And if you click there, it will tell you specifically one, two, three, four, five how to do it, you know? Yeah, and, there, and there's images, too, you know, because... 
visual helps a lot to actually see what you're saying. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I redid them. If anybody was up there a couple of weeks ago when I first threw the site up, I had a bunch of corrupt photographs, and uh, and I photoshopped them the best I could, but there just wasn't enough data to work with to really make them look good. So I went in, I, a couple of them are photoshopped. If you look close enough, you might notice, but probably not. And it looks way better, and it's really easy to understand. Yeah, because you know it, it sounds it really sounds like a lot of work, and, and but uh, but you know I mean I've seen you do it, and you brought your compost over here for me too, and the stuff is just I mean just as almost as black as coal. It's so enriched. I mean it's amazing, and the auger auger sounds uh, a whole lot easier. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Yeah, well, that's what I was faced with. You know, I work 60 hours a week. Well, you, Alan, you know, uh, over the last couple of years, I mean, there's times I, you know, what federal law says you can run 70, and there's times I've, I've nailed 70. I know a lot of drivers out there, and I, I mean, when you're looking at that kind of schedule, the idea that when you finally get a day off that you're going to just uh, do three, four hours of back-breaking work wasn't on. So sometimes necessity is the mother of invention, and when I realized specifically on a, Oh, if you will, a chemical level, what was going on? I thought, man, if I can get some oxygen into this pile, like, mm-hmm. I, I, can, I can, you know, I can make an end run around the back breaking part, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, I, I, I can see that from your site because you've got the little auger there, so it's it's a lot easier. You you made it just real simple to understand, but but you've uh, and you've done this. I mean, you you've made a ton of compost. I figured at one time, uh, you know, them ten wheeler dump trucks. Now, this would be going back to, uh, I don't know, earlier. I'm just going to say May to, to pick a number. Um, I figured it out, and those 10 uh, those wheeler dump trucks are 10 cubic yards. And, and I just did it. I said there was you know, a little calculator, and I figured out that I had like 11 or 12 cubic yards. So I, I literally, in my own yard, made an entire dump truck full of compost. Now, <laughs> now my friend, well, I got a lot of oak trees. And, oh, I'm going to get into resources, you know, and, and I figured out that if someone was raking their yard, stuff like that, they'll give you the grass. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to make a ton of this stuff, uh, man, you can, you know. It depends on, you, you know, I guess, I guess I ain't too shy, you know. Well, I like how it works on the pocketbook because, I mean, just a little bit of gardening that uh, I have going out here now, uh, we can already see a difference, you know. We're that's that's money we're not spending at the grocery store, and uh, and then you know if you go out and have to buy the compost and buy all this stuff, but um, you're you've just come up with a way to uh, to do it for free, and like you say, you like free stuff, and that's just more more money left in your pocket. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, if the, like I said, green freedom online. That word free means more than just freedom. And and to me, okay, straight up freedom. I'm a freedom loving bugger, and you know I think everybody ought to be. And 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 you know to the degree that a person can take care of their own needs, you're free. Okay, granted, you got to show up at a job, and you and you, you know and you you, you got to uh, show up at the wedding. You got to do whatever you got to do in your life to get by. But uh, you know when when you don't have a food bill. Or, or if you took a significant chunk out of it, it isn't just the money you save there. You don't have to go to the local grocery store. Yeah, you know, we don't. Now, granted, I live in Zone 9, Agriculture Zone 9, and I grow crops 12 months a year nonstop, which is why I, I, I make as much compost as I do. Right. Uh, at this point, I don't spend any money on fertilizer. I don't need it, you know. Right. I just don't need it anymore. In the beginning, uh, sure, you know, I went out. I started out. I bought a bag of 888 or whatever, and that's how I started out. And as time, 
uh, went on, I got a strong interest in organic gardening. And, you know, whatever someone wants to choose, the reason there's two ways of doing things, everything I do, is because that's an individual choice. And under any circumstance, you're going to get dramatically better quality food than you would with what you buy in the store, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, the tomatoes we've grown are just, I've forgotten what they're supposed to taste like. And these uh, these monster eggplants I have going out here, uh, Donna's going to hit them with a, uh, Eggplant Parmesan. So, man, I'm just waiting, you know. You're waiting. Hey, let me tell you something, Alan. <laughs> let me tell you, buddy. I, that, that's the payoff for that, that, that bin of compost that I gave you today. Yeah. The, the payoff's coming down the road, you know. I have some Italian relatives living uh, up north, you know. And, and, <laughs> and I'll tell you, I, I, I well remember what, what an Italian person can do with eggplant. You know, and I'm 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 just really wanting to know what it tastes like. You know, God, let me throw this out there because a lot of people wouldn't know this, and I certainly didn't. When you get a tomato in the grocery store, and I brought this up last show, but it's important, you're looking at about 14 minerals, and that's an average, and that's lab test. That ain't me just talking, okay? Uh-huh. Now, a tomato grown with the superfoods method, and particular if you're willing to throw the superfood supplements on, which are real reasonable and you don't use much of them, a bag will last for years. A tomato left to its own devices in proper soil has 56 minerals, okay? So the reason that a lot of people remember, geez, when I was a kid, tomatoes tasted so much better. It's because they did, you yeah. know? But as time's gone on, the only thing that modern farming is replacing in the soil is three is primarily three elements: nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. And uh, you know, and, and eventually over time, and nobody's intentionally doing anything. It's just the way it is. You know, modern farming methods are what they are. Yeah. The new, the the minerals disappear, and eventually you end up with a soil that has no minerals. So, who would throw that out there? The one th- thing that the compost will also provide for you is the minerals. You know. So you eat a, you eat a tomato out of your garden now, and you're getting 56 minerals. You eat one that you bought at the grocery, you're getting 14. And you, and I'm telling you straight up, when you get to a point where almost all or all, and you probably in your case it's going to be all the food that you eat as far as produce is coming out of your yard, you will feel a difference. You know, you think clearer. Uh, you just get to your day off, you want to get out of bed. And I'm not a doctor, but, you know, I've done research on me and, and my two kids and my wife, and I can see a difference, you know. so Oh, the flavor is just unbelievable. And so now I have all these tomatoes up here, and I've got the eggplants coming. So Donna's going to be able to make her sauce from homegrown organic tomatoes and the uh, eggplant parmesan from the organic homegrown Eggplants, cause, so man, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be over, you know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Alan, if you leave that pot, if you don't invite me over, you leave that, you leave that pot in the fridge. I, you, you'll find your window jacked open at night, and someone that some big Pollock sitting at your table eating, you know. <laughs> yeah, and this, uh, and and this is just all, and it's fun too, you know. I mean, uh, of course, we need our farmers, you know. They 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 feed the country and. And uh, shoot, at one point when I was younger, I even thought about being a farmer because I grew up in Oklahoma around farming and everything. But uh, if you just want your own little garden in the background and uh, and just get this unbelievable flavor, and uh, like you said, uh, you're providing everything they need. I mean, not just the 14 nutrients, but all 56 and stuff. So that's that's where the flavor's coming in and. And uh, and for truckers who are just you know living in a truck and they then they have the time off, uh, I mean it's enjoyable. I mean on on my days off I'm out there, and I'm, I'm not only enjoying it but 
it's given it's given me exercise, you know, exercise that a lot of truckers, OTR truckers, don't get. So there's and and uh, we're filling it in our pocketbook now. I mean, we're not we're not buying the tomatoes and stuff at the uh, store as often. So uh, there's really a lo- there's really a lot of benefits to this. Yeah, there there is, and you know, one would be yeah, it, it, it's something, and it may be why I'm feeling so much better straight up, you know. And even though I'm not running over the road, I do run, you know, I run a hundred thousand miles a year. I'm twelve hours at a clip, uh, strapped in the seat, uh, you know. So it's kind of weird. I mean, I'm a local driver that that really sit, that sits on the on the interstate a lot, you know. Yeah, I, I love I seventy five. I don't know if I ever mentioned that. It's my I want to put a toll booth out there so I can make a <laughs> yeah. little, little residual income. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I like air conditioning and satellite radio, and I and uh, and uh, I listen to gardening and alternative energy MP3. So I'm real happy on the job. But nonetheless, it's gotten to a point where I got to my day off and I just didn't want to move. But I think that what you're saying is the exercise, also sunlight, and you know, there's well, sunlight causes skin cancer. Yeah, well, too much of it does. But the truth is. Is that uh, a, a certain amount of it? About the amount that you're liable to catch out there working in the garden supplies your body with vitamin D, and it's actually extremely beneficial, you know. But you know, if you're if you're in the uh, out there on the beach and blistering, that's where you get a problem. But so I think what you're feeling, Alan, is a combination of your your physical body moving around, and while you're out there working in the garden, a lot of the toxin in your body, you're sweating them out, you know. Yeah, well, it's a lot of fun, and you know, and and. What I really like about your site, I keep saying this, is you provide so much information because, uh, I mean, I, I have spent hours and hours looking on, online and, and you think you find an answer to a question and then you go to the site and you can't even find your question there. Uh, but you've got so much stuff listed about, okay, this is what you need, this is what it does, this is what it's for. And and I was telling you earlier I get a kick out of, uh, like, my eggplants out here, the flowers. The flowers were looking a little bit droopy for some reason. I couldn't figure out why. And uh, you have this thing called uh, liquid seaweed. So I said, well, I'll, I'll shoot some liquid seaweed. That's what Barry said to do. So I put some liquid seaweed on there yesterday morning, and, and uh, you and I was just out there. And just today, now those those flowers are just blooming and just... It, I mean, you can physically see this stuff work with your eyes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it works. It works. <laughs> and, and you're like a confirmation of everything that I'm doing, you know, when I see that it's working for you. That's called tweaking. And now, by the way, I'm not selling liquid seaweed. I want to put that out there. That's something. You, but you can get it at a lot of stores. I'm not selling anything right now. Oh, you. no, no. You just got the information my, up well, there. What my goal for right now is to just put it out there where in the course of a, you know, in a 30-hour study, whatever it takes, print the thing out. Someone can get started, but yeah, that's called I call that tweaking what you did. And yeah, I knew liquid seaweed would have that effect, you know, on a, specifically on an eggplant. You know, I'm going to have a tweak list up there after a while of what to tweak what plant with and how to recognize different things. You know, just like generalities. You know, if you had leaves on that eggplant that were yellow on the outside, I said, Alan, get some bone meal. <clears throat> bone meal's come. Zero ten zero, so it would have threw phosphorus to it. I would have, I would have known that, you know. But it's basic things like that. It's not going to be every plant known to man. And I don't want to get into master gardener, you know. But what I did get real good at is soil preparation and tweaking. That's what the focus has been, you know. Yeah, well, I've just I've just done exactly what you've told me to do because I mean, again, you know, my yard out here, you go a half inch down and it's it's nothing but sand. But 
I'm, I'm growing amazing stuff out here, and it, I'm just doing what you're. I'm just doing what you're telling me to do. That's yeah, all. anybody, anybody could, anybody could. And you know, later uh, in the show, I, will, I'm, I, I, I pulled down a list because I know there's a lot of people listening who are like, "Man, I live in Syracuse, New York." You actually can plant stuff in Syracuse, New York today if you want to. I also put up a. Uh, quick stuff. You know what? Let me finish out this compost, yeah. and I'll get into the back. Okay, where we were at with the compost is you got the pile built, you tarped it. Two weeks went by, and it's time to give it a hit of oxygen. Okay, your nitrogen, your water, your carbon, and your microorganisms are already in the pile, and they're working. So you get this auger, and I would, you know, like I say, if you want to turn the pile, that's great. You know, I mean, you know, maybe someone's younger and tougher than me, you know, they want to. And there's nothing wrong with that. Ideally, you would, but, you know, this is a... I think the auger is a good way to go. It is for you. Especially when you've been uh, three weeks in a truck, you know, like these OTR drivers. It's, yeah, and it's, it's five minutes. It's literally a five-minute thing. I got a picture of the auger up there on the drill so you'd understand. But if you go in any garden center and say, I want a bulb auger, primarily what they're used they're used for two things. They're used for planting bulbs for people that plant tulips and things. You know, it's just an easy way to drill a hole and drop the tulip bulb in. The other thing that you can also use it for is fertilizing your trees. And uh, I'll probably I'll have a tree fertilization page up there eventually, you know. But you can, I don't want to get into all that right now. But you can. There are other uses for the auger. How much is how much is one of those augers? Uh, Fifteen dollars. Oh, that's cheap. Okay, now I've seen them as high as twenty dollars. Uh, okay, so there can be just a just a small amount of investment in the beginning, like anything. But then once you have it, uh, basically uh, everything's free. Yeah, that's what's nice. Yeah, I've gotten to that point. Now I didn't start out that way, but the, you know the investment. Even if you go with the superfoods method, the the amount you're investing, you will make back in no time. You know, certain certainly halfway through the first growing season, even up north, you you already got all your money back. Because here, here's something you got to factor in when it comes to finances, and, and and it's a different little bit of a different point of view on it. If you get two hundred dollars worth of tomatoes out of your garden, which you will, if that's what your goal is. You might, you know, depending on how many you put in ground. Uh, it isn't just that $200, because you're comparing apples and oranges. You're taught comparing world-class health-laden uh, tomatoes to, to whatever the store is selling, right? Right. All, stick, those, all those nutrients your body is getting. Right. So, so okay, but we'll just stick with the 200 We'll just call it equal, even if it's not. Well, the other thing is, in California, you got a 10% um, state income tax, and you throw another 15 into the federal government with Social Security and what have you, maybe more. So the truth is, is that $200 worth of food you generated is worth 250 right up front. Yeah. Okay, and you got to ask yourself, how many hours do I have to work to make 250 bucks? Right. So, you know, that might represent a couple days' work. So, you know, it's, it's way beyond the dollars that you see right there, you know, so it's, uh, right. it, it's a good thing. To, uh, to, a good thing to do. Well, as far as the compost, because I'm getting a little off track. Uh, yeah, so now once you, uh, it, like every two weeks, you just kind of run that auger so it can breathe and get that oxygen. Right. Well, that got the oxygen into the top. Now, there's nothing I could do with the bottom, you know, but the pallet and the, the, the brush down there, you know, will, will allow enough oxygen that as the compost is cooking, it's heating, and it'll draw air through the bottom because it's not sitting on the ground, if you follow what I'm saying. It's a, some manner of a convection current. It's, it's sucking air in from the bottom of the pile. So that, that for the most part, oxygenates the bottom of the pile, you know. Okay. I, I haven't had any problems with it not digesting down there. Uh, the other thing I did 
is I had to get oxygen into the sides of the pile. So I got about a 36-inch piece of rebar that you can get at any hardware store. It would be in the section where the concrete is. And uh, I couldn't auger the sides because of the fencing. And I had the piece of rebar. I didn't even have to buy it. It was just laying there. People I bought the house from had it there for some reason. And I take the rebar, and every several inches, I sink that rebar as deeply into the pile as I can. And that everywhere that rebar hits allows oxygen into the pile. So it takes five minutes to auger the top, another five minutes to poke the sides. Yeah. And uh, that's it. Okay. And and I like I said, I've seen your compost, man. It comes out. I mean it. It's so rich. It's so black, man. It's cool. I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, it's kind of like I'm bragging, but man, it, it's just great stuff, and, and the results are unbelievable. You know, uh, you know, you need snowshoes to walk in my garden. It's just like, oh my god. You know, I cut back. I cut back to two, two bins. You know, I like having two because that way I, I can. I always have a place to throw stuff, and I get a lot of it. I'm gonna get into that in a minute where I get the stuff, and uh, how, how I do it for free. But uh, I like to have two. You don't have to have two. When the stuff finishes, now, if you keep it aerated, I'm going to say 90 days, it'll be complete. You don't have to take it out of the bin as long as there's a tarp on it. You know, if you're, if you're up in, uh, you know, you're up in Montana somewhere, you know, just let it winter over in the pile so it won't hurt anything. Um, the outside temperatures don't have a whole lot of effect on it. If it gets down below zero, I imagine it'll freeze and slow it down. But what you'll see is actually on a cold day, you'll see steam flying out of the top of the pile. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Well, I like it because I figure if uh, if I can use that stuff and grow, grow the vegetables like I'm growing in this sand here in Florida, I can't imagine what people... In North and Montana, and who you know who already have decent soil, I can't imagine what they can grow. They'll just get there a lot easier than you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, even in their case, I would suggest doing the whole superfoods method uh, the first year, and, and in most soils, I'd suggest doing it the first two years. Now, where's the superfood method? Uh, that's on the how to how to turn your yard into a produce market page. Okay, I'm going to retitle that page actually. You know, I didn't have time to do it yesterday evening. I was working on getting the uh, getting the compost page, you know, they, they, uh, more understandable and with way better quality photographs for today's show. So, but it's eventually going to be called the superfoods method. But that's what it is, you know. Yeah, um, that's exactly what it is, you know. And uh, it 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 does. Uh, so, but no matter where you live, I would do that. I would do the superfoods method. Uh, the first couple of years. So anyway, now we got a situation where the compost is complete and you can use it as you want. Uh, if it's completely composted, it's generally going to throw a neutral pH. If there's little bits of leaves, which there might be, okay, if there's one downside of this method, I'm going to throw this out there. The perimeter, like the outside edges and the top, won't completely compost. So what you'll have is 95%, okay? Mm-hmm. But for the sake of that 5%, you took 10 minutes every two weeks as opposed to two or three hours every two weeks trying to drag that mass quantity of junk out, you know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And, again, you've made it for free. You don't have to go down to the store and open your wallet. It's actually better because, and in a lot of cases it's better because of this. You don't know when you buy it. Now, now for someone that's going to go dig a garden tomorrow, by all means, buy whatever they have at the local uh, gardening store. Any kind of compost will work, you know, and follow the numbers that I got up there for how to start a garden. But, you know, I... I I know that depending on the source materials they use, the stuff you buy in a store. Here's what they do. I know this happened to me. 
Uh, I bought a 50-pound sack of compost. I started out buying it. I, like I say, I, I mean, I just wanted to get going, you know. Yeah. And uh, I bought this one brand was really good. And the next time I saw, like the one brand I paid $8. And the next time I went there, I saw this bag for $6 or whatever it was. It was a couple dollars cheaper. And I thought, man, I bet that's the same thing. I'm going to get me the $6 kind. And I get home and I start. And what I found out is what I had was a 50-pound sack I had 35 pounds of compost, 5 pounds of wood chips, and 10 pounds of sand, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so another, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, so, uh, well, you can see there's sand in that stuff I gave you, but what the heck, you know, I mean, we're making that for free, so, but yeah. uh, I thought, man, I'm paying, you know, and the stuff that I paid $2 more, more for had no sand, so it was actually cheaper, you know, but yeah. ma- making your own, you, you, you know, you have some control over what goes in it, you know, you're not putting human uh, manure in it, okay, I mean, I don't know, you know, I, I don't think they're allowed to in something that's going to go in a vegetable garden, but I'm, uh, I don't know, Yeah, but but for the sake of, actually, as far as compost goes, if you want to, uh, there's a brand, and I'm not big on promoting any particular brand, but there's a brand of composted cow manure that I've used that's excellent, and, and that's what I ended up using until I started. It's called Black Cow, and it's spelled with a K. That's really good stuff, but there's other brands out there. Where composted cow manure is consistent because the raw materials are consistent, so you may want to go with with uh, composted cow manure. Yeah, I knew you like black cow. I did, I do. Yeah, it just sounds like a black cow commercial, but it works. Yeah, you know? it, it has it has a really good name. I've heard a lot about it. Yeah, yeah, but like I say, that's not available everywhere, and I'm sure there's other companies that make a good product, you know. But it's just you know that's something that I use firsthand. So uh, at that point, you just dump it in the garden as per the quantities I'm telling, you know. And uh, you know, if you're a lot of people that are going to follow this method. Are not going to be planting anything till the spring, so that gives it six months to compost. You know. Yeah. But when spring rolls around, you're just going to have like you know a couple of tons or you know or hundreds of pounds of, of good material to start your garden with, and, and you know, depending on where you live in April or May or whenever, depending on where you live, you know. Yeah, because we're a little bit different here in Florida. Like you said, we've got a 12-month growing season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been I've been definitely cashing in on that. You know, I didn't even know. You'd be shocked at how many people live down there have down here and live in uh, we're zone nine you're, you're sitting in zone nine which would take in uh uh there's parts of south texas and louisiana california coastal california a lot of that's zone nine as well so they're they're in a 12-month growing season yeah when you think about it there's really a lot of places that can have a 12-month growing season yeah it's funny but one of the first people i met i just started to get to where i knew what i was doing and and good guy you know good guy i mean he was just you know someone that you could get along with and he told me straight up, you can't plant tomatoes in August. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I, and I said, you know, you know my personality. I said, okay, and and I walked away. I didn't want to argue, and I'm, yeah. not, I'm no know-it-all, you know, but I do know, like, when I'm eating the tomatoes, we, we had a real, real cold fall last year. We got temperatures in the 20s in November, and that's just unreal, man. I mean, we can go a couple of years without getting below freezing, right? Yeah. And, uh... You know, so I didn't have, I ended up uh, using a lot of the tomatoes in December for green fried tomatoes, you know. Yeah. Uh, because it just got so cold. We just got some climate from one of those Yankee states, you yeah, know. Yeah, it was one of those unusual things. Yeah, I used to be a Yankee, so I'm allowed to throw that terminology around, you know. <laughs> and, and, you know, but that was unusual. Now, the previous fall, it was New Year's Eve, you know, and I'm out there picking tomatoes, you know. Yeah, I think that's funny because I have some people come up here when I'm working in, in the garden. And they said, "Well, what are you planting over there?" And I said, "Oh, I'm I'm putting in some beefsteak tomatoes in there next week." And uh, they're like, 
you know, the end of August, you're going to do that? <laughs> I want to say, hey, come by a little bit later. They'll be growing. <laughs> and I'm putting in onions, yellow Spanish onions next month. So uh, that's what's amazing. I mean, with this compost thing you've got and, and uh, the directions that you have on your page for method one, method two, I mean, you just you show everybody what to add, and it's so easy. It's just four or five steps, and if if you just do that, uh, it grows. I mean, it's it just I just sit here and watch them grow every day. Yeah, it well, ain't rocket science, you know. And I I understand why people write four hundred page books on gardening, and and I've read them, and I got one I haven't even it's in the cellophane. Okay, I don't know when I'm going to get around. I love to read, you know, but it's hard. I thought about setting it on the steering wheel of the truck, but I think my employer would get mad, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ever see people do that, man, or going out of the interstate? Yeah. Like they, they got a, now, that, now it's laptops. they got a laptop on the not, not a good thing, especially when you're hauling gas. <laughs> scaring me, yeah. I got, yeah, I got 27 tons of gasoline in the back of my head, and they're, and they're on their laptop. But nonetheless, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, let, I, I knocked the crews off and let them get by me real quick, you know? Really? So, uh, okay, so where we're at is now you got the compost, and... Uh, I wanted to take a minute to uh, give a, a list of things that you can potentially put in the compost. Okay. Okay. And brown. Okay, this is generally how you use it. Now, the color may not be brown, but in, in the case of what I got listed under brown, it actually is. Or, or green isn't necessarily green would be more to the point. Brown is your high-carbon materials. Now, you don't need to measure them, but in general, if it was two parts brown, one part green, something like that, that would work. You don't... Because, you know, the, if you were using grass clippings, they're highly concentrated nitrogen, you know. So you, if I had, uh, uh, you know, two bushels of leaves, I wouldn't need two bushels of grass clippings, you know. Right. I could probably put three bushels of leaves. But, but you don't need to worry about that, you know, because you can supplement with the other things if you have to. But as far as brown high-carbon materials, leaves, any kind of leaves, you know, if they fall off the tree. And here's something that I did. I didn't have enough leaves. And it got across the street, uh, Jim. That, he was uh, raking his leaves. I said, Jim, can I have the leaves? And it, you know, it wasn't hard to convince him. You know, He put them in, in one of them wheelie trash cans and drug them across the street. He just wanted to get rid of them. Yeah. So if you're not shy, you can get all, you can get as much leaves as you need. Okay, there's another guy that lives on the corner, and he's got just this gorgeous lawn, man. You know, he's just got this beautiful, he's always out there, and uh, he rakes it. And it's just a chore. So I said, Ed, <clears throat> I said, can I have the grass clippings? And, uh, Boy, it wasn't 15 minutes. He was over with one of the massive wheelie trash cans. Oh, really? All those top of grass clippings. Yeah. 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 If you don't mind, okay, that's, so I, that's where I get a lot of stuff. But, you know, because I know, like, people got little yards or, like, in the case of uh, people up north, you know, it's not going to be the right time of year to get grass clippings. But if, if you ain't shy, just ask. People will give it or junk real fast, you know? Yeah. So the side benefit is that isn't going to get piled in the landfill somewhere. You know, you're putting it to good use. Yeah. The only really. caution I'd have if I see the chemical lawn truck in someone's yard, I don't want their grass clippings because I don't know. I mean, I'm big on not right. having pesticide. So, I mean, if you do see the chemical lawn truck out there every week, then, you know. Probably stay away from it. I, wouldn't, I won't take it. I won't take it. You yeah. Know. The guy, well, anyway, the guy, this guy, that guy. But if I if I notice someone's, for the most part, not, you know, putting too many toxins on their lawn, you know. Right. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take the free grass clippings. The other thing I did was I made friends with, well, I did not intentionally. A friend of mine bought a produce market. A, a literal produce market. You know, along the side of the road, he, he bought a, a circus tent. He put that up, and he bought these. And he's got. He's in the produce business. Well, 
there's stuff that starts to, that he can't sell, and you know it may not be rotten, but it's just a little shriveled or whatever. Right. You know? And uh, we just I go by, or my wife goes by every day, you know, about 4:30, and uh, pick up a box of that. So that's free nitrogen as well. Oh, you just throw that into your compost bin. Uh huh. That's oh, why okay. I got so. That's why I got so much of it between Jim's leaves, Ed's grass clippings, and and Dan's. Uh, produce i got like this unlimited supply of material you know if i didn't have all that i could still make a reasonable amount but i just you know but this is this is what's uh, some of the things that's on your list what you can add mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. okay as far as uh, brown I'll, I'll get back to the to the list here so you need a mixture of brown high carbon materials and green high nitrogen materials brown leaves any kind of leaves pine needles straw wood chips peanut shells sawdust Shredded cardboard, shredded newspaper, and you know if you have an, uh, if you're in a habit of shredding your bills, uh, any non-coated shredded paper. So the white paper. My favorite thing to shred is uh, to, to compost is the credit card bill. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what I do is the envelope has that little plastic window in the front. Mm-hmm. I rip that out. If there's any advertisement in there, that shiny kind of paper, you don't want to use that. And then I take the rest of the credit card bill. Usually I pay it first, you know. Yeah. What's left over, I drop it into the shredder next to my desk, and then I get the shredded paper. I also I throw that right in the compost. So uh, also uh, there's a lot, I have a lot of paper f- from work. I have to fax my work in every night, and there's cover sheets and stuff like that. I throw them through the shredder. I shred the cover sheets, you know. Really? I, I turn them. Yes, you, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A lot. You said, "Why? What's up with Green Freedom Online?" And a lot of it's that. You know, just little things that we all can collectively do to make a massive difference. So you're taking something that will go to a landfill that is going to be piled in your trash, and you're turning it literally turning it into food. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, you just got to know how. Yeah. You just got to know how. You know, and and I didn't, but I figured it out. Um, so that's the brown high carbon list. I gotta say it's all up there on a site, so I mean no one needs to write this down. It's gonna stay up there. It's gonna get tweaked. It's gonna be you know better as time goes on. And the energy, primarily, what's coming up very soon in the realm of energy over the next couple of weeks will be what can I do to uh, to save energy this winter for the people up north. And I, there's all kinds of all kinds of stuff I got stuff that costs five dollars, stuff that costs ten dollars, stuff that's free. It's just that I know that people. Uh, they don't know that, you know, so it's going to be just like the pages that are up there now. It's going to be one, two, three, four, five. If you do this, you cut your heating bill by 10%, you know? Wow, that's okay. nice. Oh, yeah, you can do it. You can, I know because I did it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, although in my case, it would be air conditioning primarily, but, you know, I'm going to have, like, real easy-to-do things that someone, even someone living in an apartment can do, you know, that, that won't uh, mess with the structure of the building, but will, you know, because the money's coming out of your pocket, whether you're renting or whether you own a house, you're paying the bill. Right. You know, and I have a feeling electric rates are liable to go up a lot, depending on what the government does over the next several months, you know. Yeah, that's awesome that you'll have this stuff, because, I mean, it's it, it just all goes back to, uh, especially in today's economy and the recession and everything, just, uh, uh, I mean, just money saving, you know, keeping that money in your pocket. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's the whole point, you know. I mean, I love to change the world, and and maybe, you know, maybe I'm a dreamer, but if I made a difference in your life, Alan, or one other person, I do, I got another friend. Okay, let me talk to this guy from Orlando. His name's Nathan, and Nathan said, "Man, I, I would love to grow something. Can you help me get started?" So I did. I just threw everything into an email and told him exactly what he had to do. I'm, I'm familiar with the climate in Orlando. It's a, 
you're getting towards zone 10 down there, and I knew about what he could plant when and exactly what his soil was going to be like. So I gave him a list, and he said, what I want to do is uh, give the food to hungry people. And that kind of touched me. I was like, man, that is just awesome, you know. Yeah. This, this is just a nice person, you know. Yeah, yeah, he is. You, you know, yeah, I know you know him. And, and I'm like, you know, that's what it's all about. Just, you know, if, if, you, if you can't feed yourself, you can't feed the starving man up the street, you know. And this guy's goal, he's a single fella, and his goal is to uh, is to help people, you know. I thought that's just wonderful. And if he can, uh, you know, I'll get him started with his compost pile after a while. He has access to materials. And, you know, he could, like, it, it make a difference, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, 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 and someone could say, well, yeah, there's millions of hungry people, and he's only feeding one. But it makes it may not make a difference to all million, but to that one person, it makes a massive difference. You know? Yeah, really. You know, the yeah. guy the guy I got the leaves from, as a matter of fact, that he's he's old retired guy, you know, and we'll give him a basket of stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's neat. Yeah, it is. You know, so you know, that's in the beginning of the show. Why am I doing this? Why? That's part of the reason why. I'm I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping that people will say, man, I could actually make a difference to that one person. You know, I mean, you can't change everything you can't do everything but if you could just help one person you know and you help yourself there's nothing nothing better than getting a basket of tomatoes and walking across the street and giving it to, 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 the, to the retired guy you know i know he needs it yeah you know he's trying to live on a oh my goodness i mean i mean you know nine hundred dollars a month of a, a social security whatever it is that he's got it i'm sure it's he's struggling you know yeah well that's what i like about your site because it does help people it certainly helped me don and i can feel it from our little grocery bill and um once it gets spread out out there, and even like you said, people up in the north, uh, winter coming soon and everything, and you'll have tips that uh, things that just people don't think about that they can actually utilize to um, you know cut their bills and you know save a little money. So I, I don't I don't know of anybody who wouldn't be for that. Yeah, well, I'm for it. I'm, I'm you know there's some things, and I'm not a scientist. I'm I'm a I'm a MacGyver in a lot of respects. You know, I love screwing around. You know, you know you heard my solar oven stories, and I, and for the truckers out there, no, I never did get the over the road trucker solar oven complete. Although the logic behind it, anybody can make one. It's cheap, but I just you know I melted the one. I used the styrofoam insulation and I melted it, and you know I just you know with the site haven't gotten around to doing. But that kind of thing will be up there. It'll be a little shoebox size solar oven. That a over the road trucker can just uh, well, yeah you're laying over at the flying J or also someone that's camping or also Alan you you could just say man I want to I want to heat up a uh, a burrito I call it the, I'm going to call it the burrito burner that's going to be the name of the Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and and just say you're here on your day off and you want to heat up a burrito you say, yeah man, man I want to try that solar oven like that and you just go out in your yard and you put it out there an hour later you got a red hot burrito you know that's what I call it burrito burner it'd be just a small thing you can use for camping. You know, and that anybody could make. So, will that make a big difference in your electric bill? Well, you couldn't microwave the thing. Maybe it's only a nickel, you know. But, yeah. But it's a difference, you know. So that's the kind of stuff like that I just love, you know. But I'm not an expert on hydrogen. I'm not an expert on solar. I know from layman's uh, point of view, I do know a lot. But I don't. I can't explain to somebody how many panels and 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 and, and voltage and watts and this and that. I just can't. So I am in contact with a fellow who's an absolute flame and expert on all that. So I'm going to be having uh, contact with him. And uh, some of the high-tech uh, stuff where you need to be a scientist to develop the methods, you know, I'm going to have expert help on, you know. Yeah. But that, that's coming down the road, you know. Yeah. It's not there now. But for right now, what I'm going to focus on on energy is how to cut it, you know. And I've taken uh, over a 20% uh, 
uh, chunk out of my electric bills. Eventually, I'm going to scan them <laughs> and put them up there so people can see. You know, I, but I think I can't give you an exact percentage, but it's been a lot. It's been a lot of common sense. It's been. I have a friend who used to work for NASA, who uh, is a, in the space age insulation business, and he gave me a lot of tips. You know, a yeah. lot of stuff I would have never thought of that mm-hmm. was real simple, real cheap, and extremely effective. But he's, I gotta say, he's just some manner of a scientist, so he knew all that. But he took it and broke it down into practical applications, and uh, that that'll be up there. So anyone who has a desire can make a burrito burner or cut their electric uh, consumption back, and that'll be a big help. Financially, and you're, you know, and and the power doesn't need to be generated in the first place, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, who wouldn't want that? And like I, uh, you know, again with winter coming on, and and uh, the kind of winters they get up north and everything. I mean, oh, oh man, if you could cut your bill twenty percent. How great would that be? <laughs> Tough on breaks. I have a friend that actually he's listening to the show most likely. He lives in Sturgis, Michigan, and that would be due east of. Uh, I don't know what Great Lake it is, one of those big bodies of water up there, you know. And we had gotten down to 20 degrees or so in Ocala. You know, it must have been January, February last year, and I was just could not get warm, you know. I'm just so used to the heat, I just, I just couldn't. It, it hurt, you know. Yeah. And I, sound, I know it sounds like a sissy, but, man, I've just gotten used to the heat. I can t- I can handle 90 degrees for 12 months a year. I just, it has no effect anymore. But when it gets cold, I'm, man, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to walk out the door. So, anyway, I started whining to him a little bit, you know, in an email, and he said, check out my weather report. Well, I looked at the five-day forecast, and it, and it was it was bouncing around between lows of five below zero to highs of ten above zero, uh, snow, sleet, freezing rain, and ice pellets. Oh, man. <laughs> and me and him were joking. I talked to him about three or four days ago, and I said, I've never heard of ice pellets on a weather report, you know, but they ran out of names for the junk that falls out of the sky, so I know. <laughs> I know that I can help him, you know, and that if he, you know, at the very least, if he can cut back. He must have burnt massive quantities of home heating oil with those sub-zero temperatures and the 30 and 40 mile-an-hour winds, but, oh yeah, you know, there are places that, yeah, and I know that's coming, but what I'm hoping for is that people that live in that environment, when leaves fall off this fall, they'll, they'll go ahead and spend a couple bucks, build the bin, and get the compost, and then uh, Sturgis, Michigan, I'm going to say May, you know, uh, my friend can, uh, he can uh, put a garden in, and he'll already have the raw materials to do that, you know? Yeah, yeah, just so, get started early, get it going. Yeah, hey, you know what, I didn't get to the green. Yeah, what's the green now? You green, yeah, y'all like that. Green, freedom online, huh? You want to get me started here, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, the ego's starting to swagger here a bit, but I, lo- <laughs> I love that word green. I just do, you know, and there's nothing. Hey, I'll throw this out there because, man, it's become such a political. I, this has nothing to do with politics. It has, it has to do with with what we're talking about today. I don't care, you know, yeah. politics. And I, yeah, I, I, there are people who see the word green in my website and they'll never go there, and that, that's okay. And there's plenty of others when they see the word green, they'll go, cool, and they'll go right to it, you know. So yeah. it, it's a toss-up and you can't keep everybody happy, but, you know, I'm not, I, I want to stay away from politics. I don't, you know, I don't care Democrat, Republican, or Independent, or Liberal, or conservative. It doesn't matter, you know. You can grow your own food and you can save a, a ton of energy and make the planet a better place, and that's a good thing regardless of people's politics, you know. Yeah, exactly. So the green high nitrogen materials, okay, grass clippings. Uh, if, you, you know, if they're available, get them. If you don't have them, get them from a the guy across the street. Garden waste. That would be any kind of plant, any organic material, you know, that just happens from the garden. Now, I do want to put a caution in here, and I had already mentioned this to you. Tomatoes, yours got some blight on them, and, uh, and now that you're going to be having your own bin soon, 
You want to throw them in a trash bag and get them away from the house. Don't ever throw a diseased plant into the compost bin because if it ends up in a part of the pile where the 160-degree temperature doesn't happen, the disease is liable to still exist, okay? Okay. So don't put diseased plant in there. But any garden waste that you have, vegetable scraps, you know, you're cleaning the potatoes or the carrots or whatever you're doing for dinner, uh, you just throw you throw them in there. And this is high-nitrogen stuff. Okay. Hey. Hay as opposed to straw. A straw is uh, in the brown list. Hay is in the, gr- the, gr- uh, the green nitrogen list. Uh, straw is from, uh, it's the stalk from wheat, and hay is just more like grass that they cut, you know. It's, uh, it's just dried out grass of some, uh, some kind. Manure, any kind of manure from a vegetarian animal would be the simplest way to explain that. Okay. Okay, so it could be... Man, don't bring no pig manure in your house there. <laughs> Some of that stuff smells. Cow manure and pig manure have, you know, have an odor. When you get it buried in a pile, you wouldn't smell it because it's going to, you know, the microorganisms are going to be whacking it. But uh, I have a friend who has rabbits, who raises rabbits, and uh, I get the rabbit manure from him, and, I, you know, I can... Uh, I can put that right in the pile. But any kind of manure, as long as it's not from cats or dogs or any meat-eating animal, okay, that's the bottom line. It could be from chickens. It could be from ducks. As long as it's a vegetarian animal, you're safe. The cat and dog manure, just throw it in the trash because that could contain pathogens. And, and if, the, if the compost temperature, if it doesn't end up in a part of the pile that hits that buck 60 temperature or whatever, then, you know, you could get sick. So just don't mess with that. Uh, but any other kind of manure would be just fine. Weeds, you're out weeding the garden. You know, like we were talking earlier, Alan, once you get your pile up, when you're out pulling weeds, just heave them in the bin. You're throwing nitrogen in your bin. You're recycling the, le- the weeds. And as annoying as they are, they're going to turn into eggplants for you, okay? Yeah, really. Coffee grounds. Coffee, you know, I don't have the numbers directly in front of me, but coffee grounds, believe it or not, are like uh, uh, somewhere around like 333 fertilizer, you know? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're a little on the acid side. You can actually take coffee grounds and spread them around in your garden, just not close to plant. But they will turn a soil acid, but I won't get into it. But as far as for the sake of the compost bin, yeah, never throw coffee grounds out there. You're going to want to keep them because they're, they're really good. Alfalfa. You know, it's a, you depend on where you live, you know, if you got access to alfalfa, throw that in. Clover, you know, when you get in the realm of that, just any organic material. If it grows, it'll compost, okay? So there's really a, probably stay away from the poison ivy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, spoiled produce, I got on there, and I'd already gone through that, you know. If, if there's a local uh, produce market, you would generally find that they would love to get rid of that produce. And every day... Well, even the supermarkets, the supermarkets have somebody that, you know, have a way of dealing with it. Um, on a daily basis, they take the stuff that's starting to shrivel up and they heave it in a can, you know? Yeah. So you can get uh, free nitrogen that way. Now, what not to use? That's important, too. Uh, meat, <coughs> bones, fish, fats, you know, like, you know, there's fat from the state. You don't want that in your company. Dairy products, pet droppings, we already discussed that. You don't want to use Coal ash, and I come from coal cracker country, and you know the, the we, you know tons and tons of that junk. Uh, they're real acid, and they have uh, you know they're not good. You know the coal ashes will kill your garden, and you just I don't know. You just don't put them in a the compost. Don't put them in your garden. Do whatever you've been doing with them. Disease plants, inorganic materials, obviously plastic and. Yeah, you know, stuff along yeah. those lines. So I think that's common sense. I don't think anybody would be putting that in, but I wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. But that's it. That's that's the end of the composting, man. You know, I mean, if uh, 
Oh, oh, the other thing is, and I mentioned this earlier in the show, if you don't have those green high nitrogen materials, you can use either lawn fertilizer or you can use blood meal as you build the bin, and that will compensate for the lack of nitrogen. Hmm, okay. Yeah. So that's, that's the first time I've heard about blood meal. Yeah, most, well, there's, there's some people that know it. I, I, the reason I picked blood meal is because it's real high nitrogen. You could use cottonseed meal, okay, that has some nitrogen in it, uh, it's uh, cottonseed meal probably sitting about five percent nitrogen. Blood meal sitting at fifteen percent. There, there are other materials, you know. Well, every time I talk to you, I get to thinking that I, I'm, I'm learning all this, and then you throw, throw something new out there. <laughs> so I'm, I, a, I, 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 I'm just, I just keep realizing that I, I still don't know anything. <laughs> you know plenty. You know plenty. No, I don't know nothing. I don't. I just kind of the, the approach that I think that you know I, I like to have the life is I don't know much and. I need to learn a lot more, and I just, you know, the, if you if you walk out and you never become a know-it-all, you end up learning a ton, you know. And that's just my, that's just the way I like to do things. And, and life never boring. It's never ever 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 boring, you know. Yeah. And and I I'm like nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, and you know boron, and molybdenum, and you know what I mean, and lithium, and I could go on for. And I'm like, man, I'm the most boring human being on the planet. Who cares, you know? <laughs> but well, it's all those millions of gardeners out there that that's not having such good look, uh, good luck like they're wanting to. But you know, again, like I say, just they just follow what you have on there. It works. Oh, it's going to work. You know, primarily what holds gardeners back and what held me back is, you know, I'm tell you this: everybody has a neighbor who's a gardening expert, and and if they, if you look in their yard, you won't see a garden. Now, I guarantee you, I had this happen, and it ain't nothing against anybody, but be careful where you take advice from, you know, because everybody's an expert. I don't care. And Alan, I, you had golfers already come up, you know, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And they may be experts, and they may know nothing. Either way, they're going to tell you what you're doing is wrong, and this is the way to do it. So just be careful. If, if, if Now, if you run into somebody that's got... Uh, I don't know, uh, what, what page did I put on? Down the bottom of the compost page, you'll see a uh, uh, cauliflower, and then you'll see a, a little photograph that says uh, mini farm, okay? Now, when the person you get advice from, if their backyard looks like that mini farm picture, mm-hmm. then, then you go ahead, by all means, take advice from them. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but most times you're going to see they don't even have a garden, you know? Well, so. it's, like, it's like that one guy that came up to me yesterday when I was out there working, and I told you, and... He said he had eggplants planted, and he had beautiful plants, beautiful flowers, but no eggplants. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had learned this from you, so I asked him. Uh, I said, "Well, did you uh, did you did you put some Miracle Grow on there?" And he said, "Yeah, I shot them with Miracle Grow." Well, I learned from you. You don't put that Miracle Grow on there until the the fruit or the vegetable actually starts showing. Yeah, there, there's a reason for that. Uh, now, I, you don't have to use, as far as miracle Grow, uh, you can use uh, the organic equivalent of uh, the liquid seaweed, now depending on organic and non-organic. But miracle Grow actually is a quality product. The problem with miracle Grow is, is it's 24% nitrogen. So it's, it breaks down at 24.8 and uh, I want to say 16, okay, if you mm-hmm. follow me. But it's 24% nitrogen. So... What happened to that fellow is now there are plants that want more Miracle Grow, and uh, let me slam the Miracle Grow company a bit here. <laughs> I was just starting out; I didn't know anything. Okay, I bought the Miracle Grow, and it said 
feed their, and it's had tomatoes lifted. It said feed them every two weeks. Eggplant tomato has have exactly the same habits. They're they're a related species, and they want the same things. They're whatever you do to grow tomatoes, if it's working for you very very well, then do the same thing with your eggplant. So I did every two weeks. I, I religiously, I said, man, this is cool. And then plants grew. I had tomato trees. I got pictures. I'm six foot two of the plants towering over my head, okay? <laughs> my wife is five foot one and three quarters, last I checked, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you ever notice short people never forget about that three quarters of an inch, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I, and I was teasing her, man. I'm like, oh, God, I got to And I'm like, well, Yep, you know, where's she at? You know, she says, I'm here, and I can't see nothing. So I told her, you know, you ever see bicycles got them little flags on the back? Yeah. On a pole, yeah. I'm gonna, I said, I'm going to I'm gonna, uh, uh, tie a flag on you so I can see in back of the tomatoes. You know, but I had these bragging pictures, you know. Well, what I got was, was, was an eight-foot tomato plant with eight tomatoes on it. So yeah. what happened to that fellow with the eggplants is, so miracle Grow, if you're going to use it on specifically uh, tomatoes or eggplants, at the point that the fruit sets, yeah, you can hit it with the miracle row, but that's it. When you put, if you want to, at the point you transplant, assuming you transplant, you could hit it with miracle row. So only two times in the lifespan of a, a tomato plant or of a uh, eggplant would you want to use miracle row. So, but I just did what was on the box. So that being said, it does work, but there's uh, crops that want nitrogen and there's crops that don't. So yeah, well, I knew that that's what he did because he. Uh... He hit them with that miracle grow, and the plants plants grew like crazy, but no tomato or no no eggplant. So, but I didn't tell him, you know. But I don't I don't hurt nobody. Feel if someone asks me a question, I'll throw an answer out there at him. I, yeah. I don't. I mean, I'm, you know, God bless him. He's trying to grow something, you know. Well, what um, we've got 17 minutes here remaining. One thing you had mentioned that you were going to say on this show was, uh, uh, you would tell what people could grow right now no matter where they live. Yeah, I'm digging that up as you speak. Okay, one thing that occurred to me, and I try to like put myself in the mindset of like who's out there listening, you know, and you know, and like I said, I do have a friend in uh another friend I got's in Butte, Montana, and she's not only in Butte my friend of my wife, she's not only in Butte, she's in the mountains of north you know, a higher elevation than Butte. And I've never been to Butte, Montana in my life, but I'm going to tell you something. That's the coldest place on the planet, you know? <laughs> Unreal, gorgeous, beautiful place. But now I'm knowing that she cannot plant anything right now. You know, now she's very, very, very good, having lived in that climate all her life, about uh, put, putting little greenhouses up and extending her growing. See, that's another thing that's going to be up there is PVC greenhouses. Um, that, that'll be up in the next couple of weeks. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So you won't so much need it, Alan. Now you could. If you wanted to extend your tomato season, you can build one. It's very cheap. It's just clear plastic and PVC pipe, and I'm going to have step-by-step directions on exactly how to make one, exactly what you need. And someone that's in a place like Butte, Montana, if you had something in the ground, you can add another month of your growing season for a couple of dollars, you know. Wow. So, but that occurred to me. I'm like, man, it's August the 19th. Who's going to want to listen to a gardening so I went ahead and did a little research, and what I found is uh, <clears throat> zones three and four. Uh, <laughs> the zone map's not up there yet, but you could just put you you know uh, just do a search on USDA zone map, and you can pull down uh, specifically uh, where you live. No problem. There's the, 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 you know the United States government has a million copies of it floating around. Okay, zone three and four. That that would be uh, Dakotas, Montana, Wyoming, a chunk of. Uh, Man's going from what the little squares on the map look like. It looks like a chunk of Colorado and all that. Zone three and four, 
get the snow shovel, okay? (laughs) There's not much you can do right now. What you can do in Zone 3 and 4, if you wanted to, is you could do the first step of the superfoods method, right? Flip the soil over, and then those uh, uh, supplements will be working through the winter underneath the ground, okay? And then get winter rye and shove that in now and just plant that. Don't do step two, okay, because you don't want all your, your supplements to be exposed to the elements, you know, for between now and when you plant. So zone three and four, you can throw the winter rye out, and what the winter rye does is throws nitrogen into your soil. It uh, prevents it from eroding, and uh, it'll actually fertilize your ground. So you can, you can shove something in in Montana, depending on where you're at or, or the Dakotas right now, but not that, not that you can eat, okay? Yeah. Okay, that's zone three and four. Zone five. And these zones, I mean, they overlap pieces of different states. You know, in general, uh, Zone 5, if you drew a line from, you know, southern New York State, it goes all the way across and then doubles up. But just a few of the places that are in Zone 5 are northern Pennsylvania, Kansas, Nevada, a big chunk of New York State. Uh, what you can plant right now in Zone 5 is uh, greens, uh, garden cress, short-season lettuce, radishes, and spinach. Hmm. Okay, so there is, in fact, if you're in Syracuse, New York, you could go out and crack that ground tomorrow and get you some lettuce. Huh. Okay, because they, they fraud average, you know, it goes by averages and, and, and it changes with elevation, but it, uh, and in general, their average frost date for those areas is around October 10th. Um, okay. the, the other thing I would strongly suggest, and it goes by a variety of names. Now, if you want to look like a master gardener, first hit, get pak choy. It's pak choy or bok choy. And it, a lot of people, it's not a, uh, uh, grown all that much in this country, amazingly, you know, but over in China, obviously. When you go to the Chinese restaurant, that green leafy stuff that you're seeing in the stir fry, that's bok choy. Oh, okay. And you cannot go wrong. You could you could heave this stuff on a gravel road and it'll grow a foot high. It's amazing. Wow. It's really good. So if you can find those, if you didn't want to do anything else in Zone 5, just get you some bok choy seeds and just dig a garden and put them down, and you'll be impressing the neighbors right away. When the pak choy is small, you can use it in fresh salad. As it gets larger, you can just cook it. You throw it in soup. You can do anything with it. It's really good. Wow. Yeah, but and strangely, uh, you don't hear hear much about it. You know, I just, I, So I did have a little bit of challenge finding the seeds. I, I ordered them off my uh, friend that owns a nursery, or my wife's friend that owns a nursery. She ordered them from him. So well, so that neat. So even if you're up in New York right now, you could grow stuff today. Yeah, today. Today, yeah. That's I wasn't. You know, I mean, I'm a real, real aware of what I can grow where I live, and I'm thinking, man, people are going to say, man, I can't grow nothing in Rochester, you know, New York right now. Well, yeah, you can, but you know, there's a limited amount radishes, and uh, and you know, a good way to find out what you can grow is if you do a search on uh, just even in some cases the county. Say you live in. Uh, you know, Syracuse County, what the heck do I know? Syracuse, if you do search Syracuse County Agriculture, you're liable to bring up a link for the local agriculture extension office, and you can call them and say, hey, what can I grow now? And they'll tell you. Yeah. And in some cases, they'll do free or cheap soil tests if you want. So that's a real good uh, thing that, to know. Uh, what zone were we just in, Alan? We were up in, uh, we were in 5 6. Mm-hmm. 6 would be uh, uh, a band from southern Pennsylvania and parts in New Jersey across to North Texas. And so zone six, you can plant anything we just discussed. So whatever you can put in five, you just, you know, but for right here right now, mustard greens and obviously the pak choy, radishes, turnips, uh, all that. So you can you can plant everything that you can do in zone five, you can do in zone six as well. Hmm. Okay. 
Okay. And Zone 7 is uh, a little further south, and uh, a big chunk of Virginia, Tennessee, Arkansas, straight across to Central Texas. And if you wait, actually there you can wait a couple more weeks, you can put beets, Swiss chard, kale, kohlrabi, collard greens, cabbage, Chinese cabbage, parsley, peas, turnips, wow. head lettuce, leaf lettuce. Okay, this is Zone 7 now. That's a big, big chunk of the country, you know? Yeah. And I'm betting people out there in Richmond right now are thinking you can't plant enough, and you can plant a ton of stuff. Wow. A ton of stuff. And, you know, uh, mustard, greens, you know, there again, if you need local information, what I did, I, I couldn't figure out what I could plant when, where I live, and just... One day, I just went on a search engine, and I, and I typed in, and I thought, well, you know, I heard the University of Florida had those, has an agriculture department, so I typed in U.S. agriculture. That's all I typed in. And what I brought down was dozens of pages of, I, I have a printout, and I know I gave a copy to you, Alan, uh-huh. that says specifically for Central Florida, it also has North and South Florida, uh, and, and depending on what state you live in, you know, if you live in Tennessee, you know, you're going to find a similar printout from a, a university in Tennessee. It's just down to the day exactly what to plant, when to plant, and what it likes, you know. Wow. So, yeah, so there's a lot of local information that I'm not going to bother to put on my site. Eventually, I'm going to have a links page, a state-by-state links page, and then you can just pick your state and, and pull the information down yourself. So. Wow, that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. So that's Zone 7. And you can plant all kinds of all kinds of stuff, you know. Zone eight, and uh, and like I say, anybody you just put USDA zone map, and you'll pull down an image of it, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Just if you have to, just drag down an image of the uh, United States if you don't know, you know, if you're not geographically oriented. And say, geez, I live in Tennessee, but where is it on this thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, zone eight is North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi. Uh, Louisiana, South Central Texas. That's primarily Zone 8. Um, zone 8, you can plant everything that I mentioned in Zone 5, 6, and 7, in addition to broccoli, Brussels sprouts, carrots, cauliflower, uh, even if I mentioned this already, beets, Chinese cabbage, leaf lettuce, shallots, radishes, peas, mustard greens. Wow. Okay. Now, I want to put, yeah. <laughs> Do you know how many people are living there right now that don't know they can grow anything this time yeah, of year? Yeah, I know. Okay. Now, here's the thing I want to caution with, because you're getting down into the Carolinas and stuff like that. Uh, there are things, okay, where I live, I'm in Zone 9, that I don't want to plant right now. So you do want to get some uh, localized information, and I know that, uh, I know Georgia especially, I mean, North North Georgia, you know, you get up at Gainesville, Georgia, and all is a, a totally different climate than Savannah, you know? Yeah. So you want to get some localized information, because you don't want to get the lettuce in too early, Okay, you get down to Savannah, you're almost you're semi-tropical, really. You know, yeah. if you put the lettuce in today, it might bolt on you. And what happens is when lettuce gets exposed to too much heat, it goes to seed real quick. So if you're in Savannah, you know you might want to wait a couple of weeks. But just get the local information from the University of Georgia, and that'll that'll cue you in on an exact date. You probably want to put the lettuce in uh, right after Labor Day, as opposed to right now. So. But, yeah, Zone 8, everything that you could do 5, 6, and 7, you can do in Zone 8. You just may want to wait a little while for some of it. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to get into Zone 9. Zone 9 is primarily, you know, the northern part of Florida. Let's see. It's kind of hard to tell. Uh, Zone 9, yeah, let's just say the northern half of Florida, just for the sake of uh, keeping it simple. South Texas, coastal California. Yeah, I haven't been mentioning California enough here. But the coastal California is uh, Zone Eight and Nine. A lot of it, you know, when you, yeah. and all the way up uh, the coastal areas of Oregon and Washington State as well are Zone Eight and Nine. 
okay? Now, California is a big place, and so is Washington and Oregon. And as you grab elevation and as you get away from the coast, you're, you're going to be cutting back into zone 5 and 6 and every kind of thing like that, you know? Yeah. But the coastal areas of California, you, there's nothing you can't plant right now. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of them people seem to know, but I, I really doubt that the people in coastal Washington and Oregon are aware of all they could grow. Yeah. You know, but it's because of the proximity to, to the ocean and because the, you know, the ocean, you know, well, the wind always blows east in, in Seattle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I think anyway, if you can get any sun in Seattle, that'd be another issue there. Yeah. So where are we at with that? Okay, zone nine. Uh, That's neat. Yeah, I got six minutes. Six minutes? Six minutes. Man, I talk too much, huh? <laughs> Oh, I hope it's helping, you know. Oh uh, yeah, like I said, I, a lot of people I don't even think know they that they can that they. Uh, well, I had a guy yesterday just tell me that you know he's uh, he was going to start, but then he decided to wait because it's getting too late. But uh, you know, I wanted to tell him you you can go ahead and plant. In Florida, it's never too late. There's stuff you can shove in the ground in January. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't I have that list right in front of you know off the top of my head, but yeah, you, yeah. We, oh God. You live in, and once you can master the, the the challenges of the extreme climate that you're living in, Alan, there's no limit to what you can pro- produce. There's just absolutely no limit. You, you know, so we're blessed with that. You know, but if someone's up north in any of those areas that I mentioned, uh, they, you can plant something now. And at the very least, even if you are up in Butte, Montana. You can go ahead and build the compost bin, and then when the spring rolls around, you'll be able to do something with that. So that's zone nine. What? what Okay, in addition to everything else I mentioned, you know, uh, lime right right now or between now, let me say between now and primarily between now and September 15th, but again, for people that are in those zones, get some localized information exact. But you can plant lima beans, snap beans, cucumbers, okras, black-eyed peas, potatoes, summer squash, tomatoes, and I, I told you, a guy said you can't plant tomatoes this time of year, but yeah, yeah, you can. Do, do it anyway, Alan. Pepper, <laughs> egg, probably you tell you, eggplant, you ever heard of eggplant? Uh... You know, just 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 about amazing. Uh, yeah, okay. Zone ten is primarily uh, South Florida, Orlando, South, uh, and South Texas. Uh-huh. Primarily now, there are there are some pieces of Louisiana, Alabama. You know, when you get down the Gulf Coast, there, but a big chunk of South Texas and a and a probably and I can't tell by the colors of the map. It's possible that some there's some zone ten in California. I just don't know. You know, wow. Uh, there ain't nothing that you can't plant. Well, that's cool. Okay, well, we're winding down four minutes, so they can go to your website, right, uh, greenfreedomonline.com, mm-hmm. and uh, click around on the pages, and they can see what all they need to do, and you've got it all laid out there for them, how to build their own, make their own compost, and uh, a couple messes on how to get the gardens going, So, um, and you're going to be tweaking that, so we're just going to keep an eye on it and uh, get you back on here, and we'll just keep these things rolling. Yeah, anytime, you know, anytime, <laughs> hey, anytime you need advice on your corn, just invite me on your show, right? Yeah, you know, uh, we'll do it. Uh, yeah, other thing I want to mention is my email address is Barry, B-A-R-R-Y, at GreenFreedomOnline.com. Also, if you look at the top of any one of the pages, you're going to see contact us, uh, us being, being me, and I'll answer any question you got, you know, just fire away the email, and I'll give you a prompt response. If I don't know the answer, I'll figure it out, so... All right, so Barry at GreenFreedomOnline.com? Yeah. Okay, and uh, let's see. I know you've got uh, two pages up there. You've got the uh, home page and then how to make your uh, or how to turn your backyard into a produce market. 
Oh, yeah, let me throw it out there quick. If you go down, there's a quick start method I added, and I didn't get the link up on every individual page, but if you go down to the bottom of how to turn your yard into a produce market, you're going to see a, a quick start method link, and, and that will get you up and running in 20 minutes at the store, an hour in a backyard. I, I put that up there. I also put a 15, and we're not going to have time to talk about it, I put a 15-minute garden method up there. So that's pretty cool. Oh, you did? Okay. On which page? That would be on the bottom of how to turn your yard into a produce market. You're going to see a thing that says uh, quick a couple additional gardening methods, I believe is what I called it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and then you've got the page, how to make your own compost. And you're going to be just adding to this site over and over and over. I mean, you're just getting started. I mean, just like we talked about about the uh, uh, energy tips and everything, I mean, you're, you've got a lot of things coming. Yeah, well, that's where I'm heading next. Also, <laughs> anybody that knows me on Twitter, they're like, oh, he's that guy that never Twitters. But I'll be doing more of it. I, you know, just uh, it, my Twitter uh, thing is uh, greenguru09. So if someone wants to look me up, follow me on Twitter, I'll be doing a lot more of that. You know, I really actually love it, but I just, you know, I'm, I'm faced with uh, some some challenging hours and uh, <laughs> I get this site up. But so what? But I but I am going to be more active on that. So anybody, uh, yeah, you know, so follow me. Follow me. I'll follow you back. Is basically what I'm saying. And if you have questions and I'm on Twitter, I could also answer them at any time. You know, just just look for me up there. You know. Yeah. So that's uh, twitter.com slash greenguru09. Right. That's it. That's it. So you're just getting all out there. Yeah, the energy stuff's where I'm heading next. You know, when I finish tweaking these pages out and I get the rest of the gardening stuff up there, uh, the energy stuff's where I'm going to be hitting next. And then eventually I'm going to bring, you know, have experts on a variety of, uh, you know, how to make hydrogen in your garage. And I already know how to make ethanol. I'm, I'm building an ethanol still, and I'm going <laughs> to take pictures as I go along. I better not take too much, man. I'll have the zoning people in my yard. Well, you're going to be having <laughs> You're going to be having a show coming to uh, Blog Talk Radio, right? Yeah, beginning in mid-September, it's going to be called Green Freedom Online Radio. So. Green Freedom Online Radio to Blog Talk Radio, uh, when did you say mid-September? Mid yeah, I'm looking for a month, a okay. month down the road, but, you know, I mean, I was looking to kick the website off in May, so <laughs> yeah. I'll let everybody know. I'll Twitter it out there, and I'll put a big post up, and and I know I know you, Alan, you'll probably put a post up on the show Kicks Live, too. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I'll, but, I'll be looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Well, we've got about uh, 55 seconds. So, Barry, thanks for coming on. Everybody, uh, uh, check out this greenfreedomonline.com. It's just, it's just amazing information. Uh, and a uh, lot more stuff coming. So, uh, Barry, thanks thanks for being here. We'll do it again, and we'll be looking forward to your show uh, in September. Uh, all right, Alan. Uh, thanks for uh, hanging out with me today, buddy. I enjoyed it. All right. Thanks again, everybody. This is Truth About Trucking Life. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, and uh, keep checking back at uh, blogtalkradio.com slash truthabouttrucking for our show. We've got... Uh, shows coming up about uh, health insurance, all kinds of shows will be coming up pretty soon, so uh, we appreciate it. Uh, and so until next time for Truth About Truck at Live, I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe, and thanks for listening.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.